Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Emil, and you're listening to another episode of Emil in the Morning at Night, episode 36. Hey, look at me releasing an episode on a Tuesday like a normal podcast that actually functions properly. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Feels good to release properly. Been piling up the episodes and I've been busy talking to more awesome people about life and video games. Speaking of talking about life and video games, something super cool and special happened last week. I got invited along with some people from the local games industry to talk on All Good Radio on Jam 88.3. We talked video games and had an awesome time just hanging out. So thanks to Jabim and Lambert of All Good Radio for having us. Okay, as far as games on the other hand, Dark Souls has now officially ruined other games for me as I circle down the soul tornado that is Lord Ran. Been having a ton of fun playing it, but I might have to juggle my time now since I'm gonna be grabbing the new Monster Hunter Generations so I can finally hunt with my friends this week. But anyways, let's get down to this week's episode, yeah? This week, we get to talking to Mr. Robert Yatko. Rob is the managing editor of the geek culture website, UnGeek. They cover video games, movies, board games, TV series, and tons of other cool stuff. We talk about loads of cool things on this episode. Rob tells us what's up with gaming, what he's into, and we even delve into some Overwatch conspiracy theories. Getting to know Rob was super fun and he's probably one of my most optimistic guests ever as he firmly believes that the golden age of geekery is just on the horizon here for the Philippines. If you enjoy stuff like this, I'll be bringing you conversations about life and video games every week so don't forget to subscribe if you can. Next week, I'll be having the awesome people from Too Much Gaming here on the show so there's that to look forward to as well. But let's get down to this week's episode, yeah? Here's A Meal in the Morning at Night, episode 36, with Mr. Robert Yatko. Perfect, perfect. Um, do you have any more questions? Um, no, I'm good. good. Any more last things we need to get out of the way before we start? Do I have to hide my devil sacrifices? <laughs> Oh man! Oh, I do. Shit. <laughs> right. Nah. Good. Okay. We game. Yeah. Let's start. Welcome to another episode of A Meal in the Morning at Night, where I talk to interesting people over a cup of coffee at night. And tonight, joining us today is Sir Robert Yatko. Am I saying that right? Yep. You are. You are. Say That's... hi. Say hi to the hi, audience, hi. man. Hi. This is Rob Yatko from Ungeek. I'm the current marketing manager. Uh, uh marketing managing editor. Managing editor yeah, of Ungeek. Managing Un-Geek. editor of Ungeek. <laughs> I do so many roles. Um, and yeah, uh, basically, I handle the partner relations. I do most of the editing in Ungeek. Um, we attend events, we write about everything geekery and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, sounds super fun. And I'm actually here tonight because Rob um, randomly invited me today. That right. sounds super fun. Like, I've been interested in talking to you for a long time because oh, um, for the audience out there, Rob and I actually met playing Overwatch. The best <laughs> game ever. Because, <laughs> like, I've been hanging out with the TMG people a lot and, like, I've been playing Overwatch with them. And Rob is one of those guys on my team every night who gets salty at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But people who don't get on the point. <laughs> okay, I'm known for getting on my tangents, so let's talk about Overwatch later. But for sure. now, just to introduce um, Robert to the audience even better. Like you said, you're the managing editor of Ungeek. Since early 
this year, right? Since January? January 2016. January 2016, you started that. But like, for the audience out there, what is UnGeek? Um, I know UnGeek is a website, you guys cover geek-related stuff, but like, in a nutshell, what is UnGeek? Alright, um, UnGeek basically is a sister blog of Unbox. Um, Unbox is one of the biggest tech blogs locally mm-hmm. in the Philippines. And the thing is, Carlo Ople, who owns that, decided to like, make a sister blog, a spin-off on Geekery. And I did some contributing work for them around like 2000, like, oh my god, when was that? But <laughs> around three years ago, probably, three, two years ago, and then it was only in January when I came on to be their uh, managing editor. Mm, okay. And so basically, um, what the blog is, um, is that we write about everything and anything geek. Um, it's only ungeek, just for a lot of people who are saying, why is it ungeek? So it means you're not geek. I was not, wondering, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's literally just because it's a spin-off of Funbox. Oh. So we just didn't have like anything... So it's like some really, really bad inside joke. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, like you mentioned it already that it was a spin-off of Unboxed, but it didn't connect in my head. I know, I know. Right? So it's something we have to constantly explain. For some reason. <laughs> but no. you know, it works. People just smile through it out of respect. And we're just like, we don't have to answer this anymore. Great. <laughs> don't worry, man. I feel for you. I have to explain the title of my show all the time as exactly. well. I mean, what? A meal in the morning at night. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> right? Oh yeah, so see, there's a, some sort of parallelism. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so what? So basically, what the site is is that we write about everything and anything geek. We write about video games, board games, um, anime, anime, TV shows, movies, anything geek movies, mm-hmm. um, and basically anything under the sun. We've actually we've been starting to write, of course, Pokemon Go because Pokemon. because Pokemon Go. Yeah, come on, Pokemon man. Go. It's like, you gotta get in there. <laughs> um, and we've recently started to do some YouTubing, and we're starting to dabble into Twitch as well. Oh yeah. man, these are yeah. stuff in the works. But yeah, right now the main event geek is still the website. Okay, okay. Where we just anything that's new. Or sometimes we create our own op-eds. We mm-hmm. create our own insights on things. And we release it there as articles. Oh, okay. So that sounds super cool. That's like another source of geekery for the people here in the Philippines, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a really local website. Yes, yeah? it is. Yes, it is. Okay, so that's super interesting. So when did like UnGeek start? Were you on board from the very beginning? I don't think I was on board from the very beginning. I... I may be wrong and probably Colin would uh, Colin uh, the managing partner okay. of Ungeek he probably knows this more than I sadly couldn't be here tonight he was <laughs> feeling a bit under the weather today but okay. I think it started around two years ago two three years ago basically it was from there uh, Colin's a close friend of mine mm-hmm. so since he's a partner there he started asking me hey you want to write about this hey you want to do this and I did at times and then it was only until around late last year that we really got to sit down and talk and say to him hey how about coming on So, So, um, starting January, you're the managing editor of Ungeek already. Yep. So, for the audience out there, like, (laughs) I think we've gone over it way too many times already. Ungeek's a website, they cover geek shit. It's super great. Oh, by the way, um, explicit podcast, feel free to curse. Yay! Fuck that. (laughs) Yeah, 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 because, like, a lot of my um, guests, usually when they come on the show, they're gonna be like, ah, what the fuck? I mean, uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah." But I tell them, like, it's cool, man. It's rated explicit on iTunes. Great, 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 great. (laughs) So, yeah, there's that. And actually, I'm super surprised right now because. This is probably one of the more <laughs> focused episodes I've ever had. Usually, oh, okay. No, because like usually, usually, um, I would get off on a massive tangent about something and end up talking about my childhood for ten minutes, or or <laughs> or my guest and I would go off on a random tangent about stuff we love, like video games, Overwatch. We almost got on that tangent a while ago, but I stopped myself. <laughs> 
I did good. Yeah, I did th- good. That's that's a deep pit. That's a deep pit right there. <laughs> okay, so now that we've talked about Ungeek, we've talked about um, what it is, what it can offer, all the cool shit you can check out on that website. Yep. I'd like to reel it back in. I'd like to get to know my guest. So my audience knows this, but for you, Rob, since this was kind of sudden, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, we actually don't know each other that much. Like we only met on Overwatch. He played a lot of Mercy. Yeah, yeah. I I play a lot of Mercy. I support your fucking heroes. It's great. I get off that clutch five man res. Yeah, yeah, super good stuff like that. But as people, um, this is my first time seeing you in the flesh. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It actually is. And for the audience out there as well, they would know that I like to get to know my guests personally, what they're into, what they're about, you know, what they really love and what they do. Because I like to focus on, you know, stuff we love. And I'm sure Ungi covers all those things. So as the managing director... Man? Editor. Editor. God damn that's it. That's fine, that's fine. Nahawa sayo. <laughs> yeah, every position. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as the managing editor of Ungeek, mm-hmm. what do you do? Like, what entails this job? Okay. Like, um, being a managing editor, basically what that entails is that I'm the guy who usually does the final edits for the article. Okay, okay. Um, I oversee the... Tr- we have a lot of contributing writers. Mm-hmm. And they send in our works. And oh my god, I love my team. Mm-hmm. To death. They're, um, <laughs> they're the best people I've ever worked with. And the thing is, um, so I monitor the articles. We try to churn out a specific uh, rate of articles per day, say at around 2 to 3. 2 to 3 a day? Yeah. So, okay. We try to find something <laughs> just to keep the traffic consistent. Oh, know? of course, um, of and, course. I, and honestly, geekery is an industry. There is no shortage of news. Of there. course, I mean, There's always something happening. By definition, I mean, geeks and nerds are people who obsess over the tiniest things. Yeah, exactly. So you'll never run out of things to talk about, yeah, man. Yeah, and there's it. Geekery is actually just so large. Exactly. Uh Before you think, oh, you know, geekery is just like video games. Not anymore. It's just D&D. Not anymore. Exactly. You have your shows. You have, God, especially now that you have Marvel doing movies. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so many things right now. Uh And with the recent craze of Pokemon Go, that's another one. Um, So, yeah, we just... Um, it's really something that we've been looking at and my team has been basically giving us articles for that. Mm-hmm. So I look through them, I, um, I get to publish that, like I said, two to three. Aside from that, Ungeek is still in its early stages of trying to grow. And we're so blessed that it's really growing at a really, really great rate right now. I'd like I'd like to say that we're the fastest growing geek blog right now. Ah. Um, and the thing is, it's it's just incredibly humbling that the stuff that we've been doing has been getting international mentions. Oh, uh, really? So, so part of the job, I guess, is also trying to get certain partners, being able to like get out there, um, make the necessary partnerships with people like uh, Dyson Dine, people like Gaming Library, various things. Um, even with TV Five, with the GG Network. Oh yeah, the GG Network. Yeah. yeah. So it um these are the things that I work on also as the managing editor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it isn't just about articles, but it's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, it's really getting to know me, like, getting to know you, um, <laughs> looking for these opportunities that'll um, not just not just selfishly push on Geek, but it's something that I wanted to push Geekery as a whole. Okay, I think okay. it's been a while that Geekery has been niche 
and I'm so happy that I think we talked about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's starting to grow to a point of mainstream Actually, kind of level. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because like these days, the mainstream, I mean, like I don't like calling them the mainstream mm-hmm. because like I try to be inclusive, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because before, back when we were growing up, they would like kind of shun us. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. like, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. geekery was something that was kind of looked down upon, you know? And it's just so amazing that now it's the popular thing. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like you it's, get these things when you're a kid. Why aren't you playing basketball? Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Oh man, I suck so bad. I, I do, so I do. It's like, but I'm just here playing basketball on the computer. <laughs> but yeah, like and now you get these Marvel movies, you get these things, and like if you haven't seen the Marvel movies, you're kinda out of the loop nowadays. Yeah. I mean, like everyone goes to see those. And it's just a, like what you said and like what you mentioned to us earlier off mic, it's just an amazing turnaround for the geek culture and that to me is like super awesome and I'd like to see that keep going yeah yeah definitely definitely oh and now that we're talking about it now that we're talking about ungeek now that we're talking about uh, the things you guys produce on a daily basis right I'd love to get to know more about like a website like this because I have talked to other people about geek websites they run and things like that mm-hmm. but I don't think I've ever gotten to the nitty-gritty of what they're about I mean okay why they do what they do and like what you guys go through every day like for you you talked about your team earlier and like the article you guys have to churn out the things you guys have to talk about I mean these days like Pokemon Go that kind of stuff right, right. but for you like as a person what do you do at Ungeek like every day oh basically <laughs> that what I just said oh okay. seriously yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. it's literally that's literally my everyday that's my, not just your team that's you oh but like you as an individual what do you me do me as an individual it's really editing the articles that come ah, so right. I'm sort of like the final quality check ah, for, all right, just, all right. just for the small grammar stuff you're the troll under the bridge pretty much pretty much <laughs> asking for the toll <laughs> nah nah not that but not, more not, not the toll yeah, yeah but more of just making sure that everything's like good to, up um, to snuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. exactly um, but literally in that and a lot of my day is just going to meetings but aside from that, the thing is because Ungeek is not my full-time thing. Ah, um, okay. Ungeek is also something that I... Ungeek, I work on the side. I still have a day job. On the side, on the side, is <laughs> I'm a marketing consultant for a few companies. I also do digital uh, management for other companies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, these are the things that I do on a daily basis. And during specific times, we have posting schedules and things. That's when I take the time to review things. Mm, okay, so for our listeners out there, mm-hmm. this is just like a really like interesting surface look at how these websites work because like you know as a consumer as like your 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 every guy these are the websites we see on Facebook a lot right yeah these are the ones that are often shared are often talked about and like oftentimes when you click through your feed you're gonna see one of these articles pop up yep yep mm-hmm. and it's very interesting to me like hearing about all this stuff for you to actually get an article out there yeah so like these days actually just to get an insight into what you guys are doing right now what's 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 the process no like Actually, what's the buzz? <laughs> now, seriously, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Pokemon Go. It's, it's really Pokemon Go, huh? It's really Pokemon Go. And that's actually a point of pride for me as a geek. Mm. Because I didn't even think that... Pokemon of, Go? Yeah, because I mean, Pokemon was something that we grew up with. You know, I had that on my Game Boy. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I even quit after like, it was like, oh yeah, I caught them all. I got the 151 <laughs> down. And then they come out with the next one. Oh, there's more. It's like, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't do that anymore. I felt like that. I felt like that. Yeah. So basically, I had to, um, mm-hmm. these were things that I was looking at. And um, how can I say, Pokemon Go 
what interests me most about it is that because you get these news you've seen so many articles saying that oh and i guess nature wise it's in terms of news it's so big because you have your game blogs talking about it you have your geek blogs talking about it you have your tech blogs talking about it because it is an app it falls under tech and mobile devices exactly and you know the philippines is all about that yeah we were voted one of the most social media like reliant countries yeah Yeah, exactly and then you see news that oh suddenly they have i think it was, was it equal to or more than Twitter users? More than Twitter. More yeah. active users than Twitter. So that's part of what I mentioned a while ago. It's so nice that, hey, you know, Pokemon. <laughs> Something that, you know, you'd be a bit, oh, so what are you playing there? You know, yeah. Pokemon. Po- Pokemon, you know. It's, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's fine. <laughs> you try to rationalize it, but then you see all these people just going out there and playing. Mm-hmm. Meeting other people. Like, you've seen articles about how a cop thought he was busting a drug bust, uh, doing a drug bust. Yeah, and then yeah. Suddenly, it was just a Pokemon yeah, yeah. meetup. I actually read about that. And to the cop, it was just very strange to see a 40-year-old white male hanging out <laughs> with two black 20-somethings. Exactly. Right, right, right. So it was just like, that was the exact quote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and the cop ended up asking how to play it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, and it's just bringing together so many spheres of people. Yeah. And so these are the things that I was just like, oh my God, it's it's great. I mean, it's great for news. So as a geek blog, it's like, oh my God. Great have, for business. Yeah, it's like, we have traffic. Um, but aside from that, it's just great from a geek perspective. Mm-hmm. You see these things develop. You see like, really, there are that many geeks? Because right now, you can count these people as geeks. You can mm-hmm. count these people who take their time and walk around to catch Pokemon <laughs> to be the very best like no one ever was. was. And that makes me happy. That means that gives you a good... Um, how do you say this? That gives you a good outlook on what geek future is supposed to look like. Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, like, being this gigantic sphere now where everyone and everyone is, like, being included nowadays from, like, 40-year-old white guys to 20-something African-Americans hanging out with each other at the park that a policeman thinks it's a drug bust. You know? It's come to that point wherein, like, it's just bringing together everyone. And now that we're talking about Pokemon Go, though, I'd like to ask, uh, did you play Ingress? I am familiar. I've, I am did not play Ingress, uh-huh. but I am familiar. Um, and honestly, the first time I ever found out with Ingress was um, there's one time I, I live nearby Dyson Dine. Okay, it's a board gaming cafe. Um, uh-huh. I've been in there in Shaw. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the thing is, I was there, and apparently there was one table who were all Ingress players. Oh yeah, and they were they were there because their Ingress gimmick got canceled. Oh, okay. So they're like, oh yeah, we can't travel anymore to this place because someone was wasn't feeling well, so we decided to play here. Okay. So I started, it's like, Ingress. What's, What's Ingress? Ingress? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then they started to tell me that it was Google's sneaky way of getting people to map stuff for them. <laughs> but you know what? Hey, gamification works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then, so when I heard the news, that you know, oh, the backbone of Pokemon Go is, is based off Ingress. Based on Ingress, like, oh my God, that's going to be big. Yeah, I mean, it's so amazing. And like, just so you know, I played a lot of Ingress back you when it do. came out. Yeah, I did. Like, I would just like drive around Manila capturing portals. <laughs> and like I was more of like a solo rogue player rather than a team player. Okay. More okay. of like I would drive by like I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but like I would drive by these certain portals because just like Pokemon Go, like for Pokemon Go, it's gyms, right? Right. You try to take over gyms and for Ingress, that equivalent would be trying to take over a portal. Okay. So like I would drive by these portals, right? And from my window, I could see these groups of people with their heads in their cell phones and they're like just (laughs) trying to like protect this portal with all their might. And I would just drive by, destroy it, and then just watch them like in awe and like confusion. Like where the fuck is that attack coming (laughs) from? 
from. And then like you would be like that one lone sneaky agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like planting that very crucial piece of C4. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what it felt like, and that's what was so amazing about it. It was like this augmented reality game mm-hmm. that I could play on my cell phone while actually driving, walking around, stuff like that. Uh, actually, no, I wouldn't recommend playing while driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Audience <laughs> out there, do not ingress in Pokemon Go while you drive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, do not. Do not. <laughs> I would walk around the fort, and there would be tons of like portals out there, just the sights to see. Because usually these locations are pegged as um, statues or basically places monuments, of interest. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. So historical monuments and things like that. So it was amazing to me that Ingress was actually making me go out and visit these places that I've never taken a look at before. And it's cool that just because of the strength of the brand of Pokemon, it's happening at a much larger scale. Right. Because right. Ingress was very niche, you know what I mean? Like, Not everyone really knew what, in, like that time. Yeah, they exactly. Just Ingress like you. Was, huh? But now everyone knows what Pokemon Go is. Exactly, exactly. I know what you mean. But isn't that weird to you? Because like, I thought, like in the back of my head, when I heard about the development of Pokemon Go, I thought it would be a niche thing too, just like Ingress. But no, everyone's on the train. Well, I'm shocked at how big it is. Yeah, exactly. But I didn't, but I wasn't shocked that it was going to be bigger than Ingress. I mean, top on grossing yeah, apps right, 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 in a right. matter of days, that's bananas. We're not talking about just hot this week. We're talking about top old time grossing. Right. That is right. bananas. And to drive Nintendo stock through Ninten- the roof. Yeah, through the roof, exactly. I mean, it came to the point that they couldn't trade Nintendo stocks anymore because it had reached its limit. Right? Yeah. I knew it would be big because I said, you know what? Ingress, great system, great platform. But, you know, it was for people who traveled and I was a little bit on the lazy side and saying, Maybe we'll pass on that for now. But then you introduce a license like Pokemon. But then I said, you know, Pokemon, sure. Yeah. It's, it's big. It's probably good. And I said, definitely we, it'll be bigger than Ingress. For sure. But for it to reach this. Yeah, I mean. Beyond critical mass. Because if you think about it, Pokemon itself is kind of niche. Right. I, I mean, like, you ask someone's mom. They know what Pokemon is, but they're not into it. Right. They've right. never caught them all. Right. They right, were right. never the very best. Exactly. They didn't <laughs> play in tall grass. Yeah. <laughs> But everyone is just latching onto this property and like I love it that it's brought augmented reality gaming to this point. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And it's good to know that I mean cheesy as it may sound, there's a geek in everyone, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mentioned at the start of this episode that this was the most focused episode I've had so far. <laughs> and now we've gotten on a massive Pokemon <laughs> Go tangent. Because it's news. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. hot thing right now. It is the hot thing right now. And coming from a geek website, you should know what the yeah. hot thing is right mm-hmm. now. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, but now that we've talked a whole hell of a lot about Pokemon Go, we've right. talked a whole hell of a lot about Ungeek, I'd like to bring it back to you. Okay. And you, Rob. Okay. Robert. Rob. Rob is Rob. fine. Rob is fine. Okay, so like as a person, as, as, as someone who works at this geek website, as somebody who loves this kind of culture, like as an individual, like what are you into? Um... In terms of geekery, video gaming has always, always been number one <laughs> in my list. Yeah? I said this a while ago, I'm pretty sure my umbilical cord was a controller cord. I don't know, but I was born into this world. Umbilical cereal <laughs> bus. I know, apparently. <laughs> 
But um, it's just that I loved console gaming before. And mm-hmm. I owned a family computer. I owned an SNES. I owned an N64. And I've always, always loved gaming. And I've always latched on to the very, um, s- the stories behind it. Oh, all right. Um, back then, it would just be so nice that, you know, um, you were stressed. Oh, my God. I'm calling it. It's nowhere near stress now. But <laughs> school life stress is like, wow, that's nothing. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, oh, my God, these projects. Oh, man. Oh, come on. Like, when you were a teenager, they were pro- it seemed like a lot. That was the most stressful thing you faced so far. <laughs> so far. So far. Uh-huh. And now my my present day self laughs at the problem. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Self. But then, however stressed, quote unquote, I may have been, you know, I got this game that took me to Midgar. Um, Final right, Fantasy exactly, VII. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. And then you know you got to play as this person with this this cloud, this this guy. You were figuring out what his past was. You were even he didn't know. He didn't know, right? <laughs> you got to take part in this entire drama and this entire epic quest, and you get that not just FF7, mm-hmm. but you get that with almost every game. I mean, like during to some level. Exactly. I mean, during the PS1, I think that was the golden age of JRPGs. It really was. It really and was. like we just got hit by game after game after game that were. Like they were all trying to tell a story. They were right. all trying to tell this grand um, epic. You know right. what I mean? A journey, a hero's journey. And like I think we played a lot of those. I mean, I loved FF Seven. All of the other FFs that came after. Um, I also loved. Well, personally, I didn't. Wa- I didn't. I wasn't that big of a fan <laughs> of anything. Ten was like my. That was pushing the limit for me. Okay, Anything so above was just like a bit. Uh, okay, so ten onwards. Yeah, right. I've had people on the show that would you know share the same sentiment. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> like ever since ten, right? Yeah, seriously. Uh-huh. And ten was already like. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, you can attribute that to you know the merger, Square Enix. That and I guess this is just my personal gripe, but I just really think that game companies as big as Square, I think well Square specifically, I think they lost sight of. The importance of the story. I think oh. they got um, my observation. This is a pitfall of a lot of the game developers. Was that oh my god, we have access to all this new technology. Um, we have like the PS3 back then. We had the PS2. Let's make the most out of it. Um, now that you mention it, that is a very interesting trend because as the console generation started jumping and jumping to higher graphics, higher everything, like right. more power, suddenly the focus wasn't on story but the graphics, the aesthetics, the aesthetics. Yeah. And then, but beyond that, you'd play a game like that and be like, oh my god, it's so great. But then the substance is gone. When yeah. you're playing through it, it just seems so empty. It seems so linear now. I mean, you don't get games like Xenogears anymore. You don't get games like Suikoden anymore. You know, anymore. Xenogears made me so sad before. <laughs> no, just because yeah? I two? love Xenogears. This, yes! This too! No, yeah, exactly, exactly. This one was so amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you felt the budget cut. <laughs> you knew there was a budget cut. On oh, it. It's like, what am I... What is happening? Why, 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 why is this now a slideshow? <laughs> when did this game turn into a visual novel. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. And visual novels weren't even cool back then. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Telltale made visual novels cool now. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, I mean, so now you have all these big graphic games and the triple A's would have this, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have Undertale. Oh, yeah, actually. Which brought it back to the bare, bare essentials. Mm-hmm. But was able to tell like a massively amazing story. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it was so amazing that I actually did, like, an entire episode dedicated to Undertale once. Right. It was, it was just great. Undertale was my game of the year. When did it come out? Or you think? 20? Last year. 2015. Uh, it was my pick for game of the Me year. Me too. Me too. As in, I said, you know, Witcher, all good. But then Undertale's just, I'm sorry. That hit everything from soundtrack to story. The soundtrack's to... fucking God. Yeah. I know, I know. And I said, really? From a, such a, I think it was one person or was it a small team? I don't know. Just Toby Fox and a bunch of people helping him. Yeah, it's just like, dear God, this guy was able to do what a lot of big game companies couldn't do in many years. I guess when you get that big, you know what I mean? You start to lose that homemade touch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you you start mm-hmm. to lose that personality, you know? Right. Because like in the creation of Toby Fox, you could just feel the love put into every character. Right, right. I mean, every character you bump into there has like a story that you can just kind of guess from how they act, what they're into. I mean, because in Undertale, you have to sort of understand your enemies to be able to mercy them, you know? And aside from that, it would give you such a good you'd see a side of these monsters. Whether you're doing the genocide run or you're doing the pacifist run. Mm-hmm. And it would show... It, that's why you had to play both. Yeah. And be, it, a lot of the people who started with the pacifist run would be like, no, yeah. I can never do the genocide run. You get run. attached to it. Plus, But it mm-hmm. would tell you the full story. Exactly. It, okay, so we're getting on a massive right, Undertale right, tangent. Right, right, right. But I love talking about this kind of shit with people. Um, So, so far, we've been talking about Ungeek. We've talked about Pokemon Go for a long time. How video gamings are how video gaming is right now. Mm-hmm. And now we're just talking about the stuff that Rob is really into. Mm-hmm. I'm having a really good time, Rob, and thank you for having me, by the way. Yeah, definitely. Like, <laughs> I keep forgetting to mention this, even though this is my shtick, but I'm having coffee with Rob right now, and thank you yeah. for having me. Um, he even ordered the pizza for us. Thank you so much. Oh, glad you like it. <laughs> yeah, okay, so having a great time, but for now, we will be having a short break, and we will be back after a few messages here on A Meal in the Morning at Night. Uh, we'll be back. All right, BRB. You're listening to A Meal in the Morning at Night. Honestly, I don't have much to say here just yet, but if you have any ideas or if you would like me to talk about your stuff in this section, send us an email over at emilinthemorning at gmail.com. Now, I hope you guys are enjoying the show so far, so let's get right back to it. I like to ride on the inertia. Yeah, go <laughs> exactly, for it, man. Exactly. Go for it. So I guess we're good. Good. Welcome back to Emil in the Morning at Night. Uh, we are here with Sir Robert Yatko. Hello, and, hello. And we are back. Um, we've been having a great time talking about all the games. Thank you. All, I've been all having the culture. an amazing time. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me again. And um, I'm just overall having a great time. And what were we talking about before the break? We were um, talking about... I guess it was really more on where video games has gotten now. Where video games stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we were talking about Undertale. Undertale. We were yeah. talking about like all the stuff you grew up with. But like, usually what I ask my guest is like, what do you think is one of the bigger games in your life? By that, I mean like, what really stood out to you? What was your big game? <laughs> what what defined it's you? It's the game that I was just shitting on right now. Oh, really? Final Fantasy. Um, Because... Seven was really, really memorable for me. Seven and six. Oh, okay, okay. Seven so and six. you're an everyman, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because usually, usually, usually people will say either seven or, or six, six because there's a great rivalry between those two. But for me, it was more of seven had the seven had the edge of technology. Exactly. Just because it was made further into the future. I mean, it was, it was the first full 3D thing we right. got, right? But believe you me, if Square remakes six. 
It would be amazing. To the T, but with updated graphics, believe me, that would sell. Mm-hmm, totally. But six for I don't know. I admire six for the story it was able to tell. And this is a spoiler, sorry, spoiler warning for people who haven't played <laughs> six. Be ashamed of yourself. But I mean, um, but it's the only FF where the world actually ended. I know about that, even though I haven't actually finished six. I am six. so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. Be ashamed of yourself, but I'm sorry. I but, am. But here's the thing. It, it was amazing. You Because every He time, won. Yeah. He won, basically. Well, I mean... I'm trying not to say names, because for the benefit of the people out there. <laughs> right, right, right. But put it this way. I mean, I'll try to keep this as spoiler-free as, you know, I've already gone. But, you know, but, um, the evil guy got his way. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, you're still able to, like, maybe try to fight it back, even though he already got it. Mm-hmm. But look at every, like you were saying before, it's like every game is trying to make an epic back Yeah. And everyone, it was, you were always faced with this huge mega problem, like the world was dying, the galaxy was dying, the universe was dying. It was It's always like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you're that one hero who could stop it. This was one of, I think, well, it's the only game I've played where, no, I mean, it prob- there probably have been. But anyway, it was the most memorable game of that, that no, you fucked up. Yeah, oh yeah, you it, totally it fucked up. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, it happened, and this is it. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> right? And that was a shock to me. Exactly. exactly. I, I was a kid. <laughs> I was like, holy crap! I mean, what the hell happened? I would have to say that like 1997 was like the golden age of RPGs, because like was, it, it was, was, it always was those games. I mean, not even just RPGs, just right. like games in general. Like 1997, for some reason, all of the things that made an impact on me got released that year. You know what I mean? Was Metal Gear? 98? I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. Metal Gear Solid, yeah? Right? Oh man, and all those stories were just super amazing. And these days, I don't think I've ever gotten a story, you know, besides Undertale and stuff like that, that hit me that hard. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've been just geeking out. We've just been jizzing all over ourselves about the stuff we used to love as kids. Yes, sir. But I'd like to get a little bit more in the present now. All right. Nowadays, you mentioned, I mean, I mentioned to the audience that I actually met you playing Overwatch, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Overwatch is life. Overwatch M-A-S-B. is life. May is Bay Overwatch is like <laughs> so. Besides Overwatch, though, what have you been playing these days? I have been. Oh my God! Aside, there are games outside of Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I have played Dark Souls three. Dark am, Souls three. I, I am so ashamed that I have not finished it. Um, <laughs> but it was great. It was my first Dark Souls. Really? And I was just like, because I kept on honestly, I kept on laughing at the people. I was like. <laughs> You're playing such a hard game, oh, and you're yeah. gonna die. And then, and then you jumped in. And then it jumped in. Like, I get it. I because, get it. um, actually, context: we had to review the game for Sony, and it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> well. I guess I have to jump on that train now. I was like, "Oh my god, I want to try and record myself <laughs> not being an idiot." <laughs> This is actually very topical because I just got on the Dark Souls train myself. Welcome, welcome. As in, I am planning to go through one through three. I am on one right now. Okay. Uh, I'm in the middle of playing Dark Souls one right now, and amazingly, it's still super alive. As yeah, in, yeah, I hear. As in, I got summoned to the world of fuck the other day. <laughs> It's the best thing. That was my first summon ever. As in, I, you are being summoned to another world, and then suddenly this message on my screen appears: "You have You're been so- summoned to the world of fuck. fuck." As in, the guy I was helping out was named Fuck. And <laughs> it was just so amazing to me that these people are still playing Dark Souls 1, even though Dark Souls 3 is out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I just got invaded like three times last night. It was nuts. I actually want to get to play 1 and 2. 1 is amazing, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no experience with 2 or 3 yet. I will once I finish 1. But 1, it's really held up. It's really aged well because 
you know, like I was planning to dedicate an entire episode talking about Dark Souls, but like <laughs> I'm just gonna We're get here. <laughs> I, I, I'm just gonna get it out here right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like I was kind of blindsided because for some reason when Dark Souls came out, I paid it no mind. I was mm-hmm. like not my interest. And now, now that I'm playing it, it's my number one thing now. I mean, right? because that was the thing. When I saw Dark Souls and people were saying like, it's the hardest game ever, blah, 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 I'm like, okay. But they never sold me on it. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. They were just touting it as this hardcore game that will crush all the noobs in the world. And <laughs> for me, that's not really a selling point. My selling right. point, I'm a big lore guy. I love lore. I love the story. I mm-hmm. love themes. Mm-hmm. I love things that are tied together thematically and right. things like that. Right, right. And when I finally got my hands on Dark Souls, it's mm, mm. I don't know how to talk about it, man. It's just magnifique. super good. So magnifique. Plus, it's aged well. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, honestly, though, one of the reasons why I couldn't. Okay, for those of you who don't know, I do not have a PlayStation Four yet. So <laughs> the thing is, I've, same been, boat, man. Same yeah, boat. Yeah, so I'm just like PC Master Race PC. because I have no other choice. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, but um, so Dark Souls came out on Steam. I was like, oh, okay, um, maybe I should get it. When I checked out some of the reviews, like. Oh, there are issues that you have to like. You have to like install this to get this to work and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's like, oh well, shit. I'm I don't have the patience for that. Yeah, so I was yeah, like, yeah. Okay, so I'm glad that that got solved. Dark Souls Three. I'm glad that Dark Souls Three is like operating pretty well, at I, least as far as where I am, which is not that far. I hear good things about it, and I can't it wait is. to jump on myself. It's um. You get invaded yet? <laughs> Honestly, I haven't been. Um, really? And the thing is, I think I've been invaded by a story. Uh, NPC. NPC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens. So I was like, for the first time I got invaded, it's like, oh my god. Oh, jeez. So I was like, how many souls am I carrying? Exactly. I was like, <laughs> I'm running now. I guess I'm, I'm just running away from you. But I knew I couldn't. I think I, I came from a place where I knew I'd die if I like backtrack. The, f- the fog doors were up? No, no, it wasn't. Uh, it oh, was, really? It, it was Since it was an invasion, it was like, I just knew that if I backed up a lot, I think I left like an enemy standing or something. Like, <laughs> so I said, no, I'm going to lose my souls. Mm-hmm. I panicked and I like threw everything like about all the bombs I was carrying I threw it like zeroed out my inventory it's like it's like you're not dead (laughs) oh jeez it was it was a panic and it was nice and it was only then that I understood the appeal of Dark Souls exactly because we grew up Mm -hmm. with the family computer and back then Uh, sorry I grew up on a Genesis (laughs) oh there you go yeah yeah but even then instruction manuals were not really a thing yeah and Dark Souls takes after Exactly. You have Dark to figure Souls shit out on your own. Dark Souls throws you into the fire and then, no, 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 figure it out. Exactly. And it gives you a few, few tutorials, the needed ones, but mm-hmm. then all of the advanced techniques, learn it, man. Exactly. And, you know, I think what really got me on the Dark Souls train, and I think Undertale does this very well. Right. Um, it would tie story and themes into gameplay. Right. That was right. That was the most amazing thing to me. Because in Undertale, like, maybe this is a bit spoilery, but it's been out for quite a while now. Yeah. But even the save mechanic is part of the story. Yeah. Stuff like that. It is, it is, you know? It is, it is. Basically, these meta things, you would tie the story and the themes into the gameplay. And for me, that is perfect use of the medium. Definitely. Because games as a medium, it's a very unique medium because you have choice. But a lot of the time, it's not a real choice. 
choice because it's the illusion of choice. You can only program so much, you right, know. Right. You can't program this infinite choice, random universes sprouting out out of your choice. Shit People like have that. tried. With People the have tried. Endings yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah. but you know. But at the end of the day, they all like kind of web back into a single ending. Right. Right. So it's the illusion of choice. But to tie in the theme, to tie in the story with the actual gameplay, it's an interesting way of using the medium because it's so unique in a way that you made a choice and by not making that choice or making that choice, you are kind of affecting the story. I, I know I'm being a bit vague because I don't want spoilers happening everywhere. But like, for example, with Dark Souls, you respawning is part of the story. You're undead. Mm-hmm. So whenever, right, whenever, right, whenever right. you die, you wake up at a bonfire because you are part of the undead curse. Right. And to right, me, right. that was just amazing. And the other part of that is whenever you die, you hollow just a little. Right. 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 You hollow that. just a little. That. So that's the thing. The story is you're undead. And whenever you die or get depressed, you hollow out. And basically, the monsters out in the world, those those people that look like bacon out in the mm-hmm. out in the towns, yeah, yeah. the ones attacking random people they've completely hollowed out they're they're no longer like they have no humanity they have no humanity left and Basically, Dark Souls is using that as a story element within the gameplay because whenever you respawn, you've kind of hollowed out a bit, right? But that's the amazing thing because like that realization came to me that if you get so upset at Dark Souls for dying too much and put down the game, that's basically your character hollowing Hollowing out out. completely. Yeah, if you stop playing, you lose. It gets to that sort of meta. Yeah, it's so meta. so beautiful. Uh Yeah, I love games like that. I love the theory. Because if you quit Dark Souls, you basically completely hollowed out. Oh, yeah. That's the story. And it's a good, just to like, as a side note, honestly, I applaud the indie games mm-hmm. lately. I mean, we mentioned Undertale, but even I, I watched the playthrough of Pony Island. I've heard about that, but I haven't like Pony touched Island it. Pony Island is the most fucked up game. Really? It was... It I was, could tell from the it name. It was dirt cheap. <laughs> I, honestly, when I saw it on Steam, it was like, Pony Island. What the fuck is this, man? Is this for the people? I mean, all respect to people who like My Little Pony, but you know. <laughs> I mean, I know there's a following for that. It's yeah, good. yeah. I'm just not part of it. I was like, no, I'm not going to play that. And then I saw someone play it. One of the YouTubers that I watched, Jesse Cox. Mm-hmm. Amazing YouTuber. I love him. And it almost looked like a weird 2D scrolling thing. Mm-hmm. But there were like some dark meta things that were happening. Like apparently, the game would show you in an arcade. Oh, yeah, yeah, And you were playing this game called Pony Island. And then it would be like this stupid side-scroller. But then as you kept on playing, it got darker and darker. As you, as you die, was it? Yeah, as you died, you'd wake up in the arcade and then you get little hints that apparently you're trying to minor very minor spoiler there's a lot more to the game but apparently you're trying to fight to break out of wherever you are ah okay that's interesting it's really interesting and just to give no spoilers to the game the ending actually (laughs) I love that sentence no no I know I mean but I'm just gonna describe it I'm not gonna okay it creeps you out the game asks you to do something with it and seriously, I'm just watching a YouTuber play it. Play it. I was kind of like, "Holy God, that's so freaky." Okay. Yeah. So All right. Meta things. I mean, like I said, much respect to the indie scene right now. Like we said earlier, they're pulling up a lot of things that major game developer companies haven't been able to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like these days, the indie scene is so gigantic that. Like, AAA games don't appeal to me that much these days. Right. Overwatch as an exception. You know, Dark Souls as an exception because Miyazaki's amazing. Because Blizzard has the money they can pump into the veins of the creative people. And let's just be honest. 
there was genius in Overwatch. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I will probably be the first to admit I am not a fan of a lot of Blizzard titles. Really? Like, okay. Well, like for example, I mean, I mean, I not. I mean, not a lot. But like for example, I didn't play Heroes of the Storm. Starcraft. Um, just dabbled. Dabbled. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I didn't even like the competitive part. I just wanted. The oh story. yeah, me neither. Me neither. Single player. That's where it was. At I would play me. Starcraft and Warcraft for the story exclusively. Yeah, and even the Diablo, the recent Diablo, uh, exp- like Diablo three and everything. I was like, uh, story-wise, bit weak there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I, I mean, kudos to them for perfect. I mean, little by little, perfecting the uh, multiplayer part of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But aside from that, I mean, story-wise, it was just like, it just wasn't getting me. And funny enough, for someone who appreciates sub-thematic so much, I fall in love with a game like Overwatch. Yeah, yeah. Overwatch that has no... You'll get bits and pieces of it inside the game itself, but it makes you care enough about the game. And this is partly because of the marketing, of how they marketed it. Exactly. That you would get the lore and you'd be so interested in it, little by little. I mean, there's no overarching theme. There's uh, uh, besides heroism and shit like that. Right, right. But there's no like overarching actual actual connective tissue. You know what I mean? Well, actually, there is in terms of. Um, in terms of that, oh, okay, it's the Overwatch team. It's I, the Omni Crisis. I've seen others. Oh, is actually very, very weird. I guess I'll go off tangent. <laughs> go but, for it. Um, I saw a theory on why you would be in a team of people who might be the same hero as you fighting another team who might be the same hero. Really, as you. a theory, huh? Yeah, and they said that Overwatch was happening. It's a theory, but Overwatch is happening in the perspective of Tracer. Oh, that's genius! Right? Yeah. The tracer, because of her illness, she's hopping timelines. Right. And the thing is, and all of them are, are melting together. And these are distortions to her. So all of this is happening just from her perspective. That's a genius right, theory. Right. Right. So it's like, oh wow, Jesus, if that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's pretty amazing that they're able to like tie it into the whole Overwatch six on six thing. But I was like, wow, that's one way of looking. No, at it. seriously, seriously. Like I'm saying it right now. <laughs> Blizzard had no idea, and they're gonna pick up that fan theory. <laughs> just roll with it. Like seriously. Oh my that's god, so that's so that's good. good. <laughs> okay, Girl. we've been yeah, going right, on right, massive right, right. tangents. We've been talking about Undertale. We've been talking about Overwatch. We've been talking about mm-hmm. Pony Island. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about Dark Souls, something mm-hmm. that I was trying to stave off of, but I <laughs> I just love it so much now that I'm sure that I'll still be able to dedicate an entire episode to Dark yeah, Souls. Yeah, there's a lot more to talk about. So about. much. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm in love with Dark Souls so much right now that I think I might go back to cosplaying. It's it's kind of there you go. But let's get back to the other topics we were talking about sure. earlier. We were talking about Ungeek. We were talking about you as an individual. We were talking about you as the managing editor of Ungeek. And now that we've talked about all of these games, we've talked about all of these things in the ether that we love so much. You know, yeah. games, thematic things, board games. I mean, not only are you a video gamer, you're also an analog gamer, right? Yes, yes. Board games. Um, oh my God. That was like a whole new world opened up in my That's eyes. a gigantic topic. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. and honestly, that's another thing I'm very very happy about that as of last year suddenly like board gaming was a thing in the Philippines for some reason right it kind of blindsided me it came out of nowhere suddenly like 20 board game cafes right (laughs) everywhere it was amazing and honestly probably the most memorable site I've seen in the board game scene Mm -hmm. was that when I was I was in a cafe once again Dice and Dine is near my house I usually go there I was actually Um, there for the soft opening of Dice and Dine really Uh so I was there and I saw this entire group of people I would label as gimmickeros and gimmickeras. Okay. They were in full-on Valkyrie gear, you know? I mean, like, people would go to Valkyrie and, like, 
oh, party and yeah, yeah, not 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 the set, not not Valkyrie gear. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was imagining, you know, you know, wings, armor. <laughs> no, 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 Valkyrie as in the bar. Yeah, yeah. As in okay. these are, you'd see them like girls makeup, dressed the club the night away, the cocktail dresses. Yeah, yeah, and the guys were like in their post, but they were there. Huh. They went as a group, sat down to play board games, and I said, "Holy shit, that's actually such a nice thing to see now." Because I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm 32, and okay. I guess we've been living in a digital age for so long that it's so rare. I mean, that's why I enjoy opportunities like this, talking with you <laughs> this in depth. Yeah. No, it's so rare to be able to just sit down and talk to a person for long hours, and especially with board gaming, you sit down for like. Six hours, eight hours, especially if you're playing long games. Like Arkham? Yeah, yeah. Uh Like Eldritch Horror and stuff like that. But then you enjoy it. You actually come to the point that you forget that you have a phone. Mm-hmm. You then exactly. you like after that, holy shit, all these messages. But you, you get so invested in it, yeah. you know? And but all of this talking to these people as well. I mean, yes, I love video gaming, but I'll be the first to admit as well that, you know, you kind of like have your own world when you're in that. Here, it's rare. You see you sit down in front of like a bunch of people and you just talk. You talk yes, you're talking about a certain game that you're playing, but you're there face to face talking and whatever. And I've seen families do that. Hmm, really? I've seen like an elderly couple with their kids and the kids of their kids. That's super cool. I yeah. wish I wish it was like that when I was growing up, you know what I mean? I know, mean? I know. And I'm just so happy for the generation, you know, that's coming up, growing up with this kind of culture. Exactly. And I mean, I'd love for that to be the culture. I don't, I mean... I think it's I'm, slowly getting there, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And that's something that I'd love to see. That's not, actually, it's something that I've been personally been trying to push. Like, for example, within Geek, one of the things that we... Because this actually starts off really, really funny because one of the first things I had to do is uh, the managing editor was like, okay, um, so we have like writers, we have teams. Let's talk about what's our vision. What's our... And I was like, okay, um... I don't know. <laughs> I was like staring at it. It's like, oh my God, what do we want to do? Yeah, actually, and then, what is Ungeek about? Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, with the help of like people from my team, we got to the point where we said, we want to empower geekery. We believe that people, it's it's going to be weird to say this, but I think there are a lot of closet geeks. I can see that. Because these are people that you talk to and say, hey man, are, are you playing so-and-so? Are you are you playing this video game? Are you playing this board game? And they'd say, yes. Mm-hmm. And they'd be so passionate about it. But you know, you, you see there's social media they don't talk about they it. don't talk about it at all yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. they're just like they're talking about all the mainstream things i've had friends like that i mean i've had this specific friend that whenever i would see him i would ask about anime or i would ask about video games or i would ask about j-pop but if he was with his friends he would act He'd like he never say it he would act like he did not know what i was talking about oh he went that far yeah he went that far i mean he would go like huh anyun but I'm like, no, 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 dude, yesterday we were just talking about Samurai X. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I would put him on the spot for being an asshole. <laughs> but yeah, there are people like that. Yeah, and maybe it's a subconscious thing. Maybe it's just because that they know they love it, and it's not like they're actively trying to hide it. But maybe it's just that, you know, they're used to talking with that to very close friends, and they're used to talking about these mainstream things in their social media. Mm-hmm. But it's starting to not be that. Exactly. You're starting to see people talk about their passions online. You see these people talking about series, like The Flash, Arrow, oh, I love what happened, oh, mm-hmm. I hate that Flash is an idiot for doing this. Exactly. We have so many series now. Yeah, and it's great. That's the thing. That's probably the most 
that I guess putting that vision for Engeek that was possibly a little bit personal on my end as well because mm. that's something I wanted to happen as empowering well. geekery yeah mm-hmm. empowering geekery so that people would be pushed to well not not forcefully but yeah 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 would be pushed would be more comfortable to just like express speak themselves out, yeah. speak out about the things they love yeah and huh? the thing is we see it happening now but one of the things that I dreamt of seeing was that oh wow wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to go to the states to join Blizzard <laughs> hey wouldn't it be great if you know I could I didn't have to go out of the Philippines to work for Square mm-hmm. I and, mean and now we're getting Ubisoft offices and right. Twitch offices here right and the thing is once again five years ago you'd be laughed at for even thinking of, for of even that. considering that they'd open here yeah because they I that was something um, backtrack I was with Level Up before Ragnarok oh and, yeah yeah I was a brand manager for Ragnarok but sorry that's I guess for, we can delve onto that later but <laughs> let's get on we another were, tangent yeah, in a few we minutes were, I was asking that and I said you know we're a, we're a publisher mm-hmm. MMO why can't other publishers come in exactly. why can't um, Square come in here why don't they have offices here? Why is it only Level Up? Why was it only eGames at the time? Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, because things like piracy. Oh. Like, you know, these games that were set Metal Gear of 97 would yeah. cost like a thousand something, two thousand something. 50 bucks down the street, yo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. People would have like uh, shelves of PS games, mm-hmm. which they barely paid for. And nobody saw an end to that trend. So that's something we're thankful for with Steam. Yeah, Steam has just made the it al- so... Yeah, the yeah. almighty Gaben, <laughs> who is responsible for my wallet divorcing me every sale. Actually, that's super interesting now that you bring it up because I never would have connected the two myself. Because ever since I got into Steam, let's just admit it right here. Like, back when I was younger, I would pirate games. Yeah, definitely. Because I didn't have money. Exactly. I was a kid. So th- that was my only option. And growing up, loving games so much, that was the only option I was given. And it was just so impressive. Yes. You had like your friends saying, oh, we're playing like 10 games now. How about you? I'm uh, playing one yeah, original it, game. It's all like for the four. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I yeah. mean one original game because here, n- n- really? No. Yeah. And I think, um, I think it was back when I got my PS2. That's when I started not to buy pirated games anymore. And now that you mention it, I think Steam had a lot to do with it. Steam had a lot to do with like me finally not falling for that anymore, you know? Because I started to understand how the games industry worked and I wanted to support it. Right. As a consumer. Mm -hmm. And honestly, sorry, I will say that I haven't pirated a game in years. Yeah, 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 me too. And I haven't supported any pirated games in years. And the thing is, I guess it'll be a bit more selfish because you said you wanted to support them. But Steam came up with such a nice benefit system. Wherein, look, you're buying this game. Okay. It was triple A, but now you're buying it for like 100 pesos. But hey, you get all the online functionalities. It's oh, legit. Oh, yeah. You get to play with friends. You don't have to like hide and like, you know, oh, sorry, I'm playing this pirated game. I can't like play online with you guys. And the game's attached to your Steam profile with all the achievements. Right, and all right, this stuff. Right. Yeah. It's an all-encompassing experience in one thing. Yeah, Steam to me was actually genius. Mm-hmm. Steam to me was just like, oh wow. It sort of so I'm pretty sure a lot of people in the Philippines will still pirate games. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure that um, actually, out of budget purposes, out of whatever, they do. But for a good number of I'm shocked at myself that, oh wow, we're buying these games now. And you know the behavior before, the PlayStation fever of like high school days were in, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy all of these PlayStation games for like, uh, what's this called? I'm gonna buy 10 games for like 500 pesos. Yeah, exactly. pesos each. Uh-huh. We're doing that with Steam now. We are. In the last summer sale, I spent like 2,700 pesos for 14 games. I remember the last time I plugged 
plugged in my Steam ID into that calculator that tells you how disappointed you are in your life. <laughs> Basically, it calculates the entire net worth of your account. I know this. I know this. And how much you've actually played of your games and which games you haven't touched at all. How much here was your percent of games played? I think it was 62. Oh, wow. That's honorable. Really? I thought that was low. Oh, because <laughs> I played 10. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> oh man! It's like out of the I am not gonna mention that out. Out of the X games you have on Steam, you have played ten percent. I was like, Jesus! Holy shit! Oh man! Okay, I don't feel that bad now. <laughs> I have a huge Steam backlog. <laughs> I, it's amazing, and you know what? I have Steam and Humble Bundle to blame for this. Me too. Humble Bundle is like addictive. I know. I know. Uh -huh. It's like, oh god! It's I can pay. I can get ten games for five dollars. Sure. I mean, I can't believe like I had so much self control last Steam sale. I only bought Dark Souls. One and two. Oh, that's all I bought. There, mm -hmm. there were just some titles I couldn't get though. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. We're getting off the rails. Yeah. We're talking about Steam. We're talking about all sorts of shit. But let's bring it back. Like you mentioned a while ago, like during our oh, right, right, right. During our massive tangent, you mentioned a while ago that you actually worked for Ragnarok. Oh yeah, Ragnarok Online. You were what the brand, the brand manager for the, Ragnarok. That's actually pretty amazing because Ragnarok. I would assume for a lot of listeners out there, for a lot of people who love games out there, who grew up. With Ragnarok, that sounds amazing. How was that? It was an honor to be there. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ragnarok had such an impact on the Philippines. You know what I mean? It was. It was. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will qualify that I was part of the Ragnarok team. Um, I think it was past its prime. Ah, okay, okay, uh, okay. It, there was a hype, you know. Where there was. Everyone was. Like, everyone oh, played it. I think it was already in, at the part where people were starting. There were certain people. What patch? Trying what to patch? Oh, um. <laughs> Do you remember? I, I played. Oh, the biggest project that I had was Project Valkyrie. Really? Uh, okay. When it went free to play free to play okay okay um but before that i remember a patch oh my god i can't remember but the wedding patch what like... no no beyond that uh, beyond veins, that i'm not sure oh i stopped playing by that time I yeah, wouldn't yeah. Know. yeah so it was that it was that part there were already other games like mu basically uh, it wasn't the glory days anymore not yet uh -huh. uh, i'm sorry not anymore not anymore okay yeah but it was a thing for me because it was it was my second job and i was like oh wow and i'm working for a gaming company <laughs> sign me up yeah exactly yeah. and i get to handle one of these big licenses like Ragnarok and you see that everywhere game but you know I wasn't an MMO player really <laughs> oh man oh yeah um because me I'm a big MMO player like I play a lot of Guild Wars I used to play a lot of WoW I'm into Guild Wars 2 shit like that I and became an MMO Really? I, well, sorry, fine. Let me qualify that. <laughs> Ragnarok, I tried playing. Okay. Because, of course, it was my brand. Mm -hmm. And my community managers hated me. because. My, sorry, my GMs hated me because really? they would give me, like, some pimped-up gear. Okay. Gear that would kill people in tournaments. <laughs> and here I was, some scrub in a PvP room, dying. <laughs> to, like, lesser-equipped people. Oh, man. And they would be just like, What's going on? Is that good? Yeah. It's a god item. You have two. <laughs> it's like, oh, well. That's so I, fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and then I just make request. Oh, can I have like, because you know, coolest thing I saw, I'm a rogue player by trade. Okay. Like, oh, assassin, assassin cross. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, yeah, give me all of these, I uh, know, uh, dead EDPs. The EDP bottles. Yeah. The EDP bottles. I still die. <laughs> 
<laughs> and not kill things. Oh man, so, that's yeah. rough. So they hated me for that. They're just like, oh my god, you're hopeless. But um, <laughs> I, I got an appreciation for the game. It was a hell of a time with Level Up. But then, I played two more MMOs that I would say that I fell in love with. The most recent one would probably be, in my opinion, be the greatest MMO. I'm sorry to any other MMO fans out okay. there. Okay. Um, the first one would be Shin Megami Tensei online. And this would be, if you're familiar with the Persona series, uh-huh, uh-huh. this would be the MMO version of that. Really? I didn't know that about it. Yeah, um, it was weird. The hook was, so you played a character and then you were able to summon a Persona. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it was like a pet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a pet, but it had its own skills. You had your own skills. So yeah, so that was it. And I got into MMO back then. I still didn't have like the many myriad of things I had, I'm doing today. <laughs> so I, I had time for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then came the, for me, the best, to this day, MMO in history. DC Universe Online. Really? Okay, I'm getting some very interesting points of view from you. Please tell us about it. DC Universe Online. Why I loved it so much. Because one, one okay, things I hated about MMOs. I hated the grind. Oh, yeah. I hated the idea. Um, and sorry to the Ragnarok fans. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I liked the game. Because, uh-huh. of course, love your own. But I hated the fact that I had to stay in a certain area, kill things until you leveled up. It was sort of like, oh, so I'm doing this repetitive thing over and over again. And I think even WoW has that. Totally, totally. There is the grind. There's even two layers of grind, but let's not get into that. Right. This one, so the level cap is 30. And, okay, quick context into what the game is. Um, In the future, uh, Lex is able to kill Superman. Okay. With the help of a few villains, they were able to defeat the Justice League. And right on the point where he kills Superman, Brainiac comes about. And he's going to destroy the world. So that forces Lex to like realize that, holy shit, I fucked up. Goes to the past, to our present day. Okay. And contacts the Justice. Hey. Tell him that, hey, sorry, hey, future Lex here. I killed Superman in the future. And everything's fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I need your help. And they were like, oh, okay, so why should we trust you? You're Lex. I think I forgot how he explained himself, but he ends that entire dialogue putting out some nanomachines into the world. And literally, this quote-unquote infected... Um, the populace? The populace. Giving people powers. So kind of like the Superman potion from Injustice. Yes. But like just nanomachines everywhere yeah. and random powers. Exactly. Okay. So he had okay. he programmed into those nanomachines the various powers, abilities of the heroes he had on Data, uh-huh. released it to the world because he said, you know what, for the upcoming crisis... You need as many heroes as you can. <laughs> and, okay, so, nice story. Um, especially since the opening cinematic was gorgeous. You actually got to see the battle of Lex versus, his, versus Superman and uh-huh. Justice League. Amazing. Um, so, when you create your character, you get to choose which powers you have. Of course. Um, and you get to select whether you're a hero or a villain. Really? Because, like, yeah, I, I think I would imagine if you release those nanomachines into the world... This would affect, like, wh- whoever. Everyone. Exactly. And, like, you can't control whether they're going to be good or bad. Exactly. That's super cool. So, it's nice. So, you get, like, factions. And you encounter, in the open world, you get to see the heroes. You get to see fellow villains. It's nice. Th- this sounds like a successful implementation of what NCSoft was trying to do with City of Heroes and City of Villains. Yes! That sounds yes. like a successful implementation exactly. of that. Exactly. Um, I was comparing it, me and my friend, we were like looking through it, it's like, the hell is City of Heroes and... City of Villains, yeah. 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 Um, but this one, amazingly done. Okay. So, okay, you're into the world, you're level one. The grind from level one to 30 is all story. 
That's great. So basically, none of the... No, oh, let me go in this area and keep on killing the same things over and over again. None of it is collect 10 boar horns. I mean, I mean, there will be, but the thing is, it's still... Um, like, for example, a certain part of your quest would be to collect these. Mm -hmm. Because this would help you gain entrance, but it's still all linked... To the story. To a story, and it would be part of a dungeon that you'd go to. You know, you know just hearing about this is kind of super enamoring, because yeah. I think as older gamers, we tend to have this mindset of... Like, like, some of these things we just don't pay any mind to because we've just been so jaded by licensed properties, you know right, what I mean? Right. Because just to offer some perspective, me as like an old gamer, I tend to ignore licensed games. Right. I tend to right. ignore exactly. shit that, you know, movie games, things like that. Because when I see it, it just looks like a cash grab to me. It doesn't like, because I've had so many bad experiences that I don't think that's a good game. But mm -hmm. you're telling me that DC Universe Online is actually a fun game. Really, really fun. I should check it out. I consider it. I think it's worth checking out. Just try, at least, I guess, <laughs> saying from our point in life, <laughs> try not to let it suck too much of your life in. Because I had to stop. We have no time. <laughs> it's, it's we like, hardly have enough time for Overwatch, I know, man. I know, but at least get a feel for the game. Play level 1 to 30. Because all of that is story-driven, and you have your, like, mentor to guide you. If you're in the villain side, you get a mentor, depending on what power you have. Like, you have a tech mentor, you have a meta mentor, and mm -hmm. you have a magic mentor. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, so it's that. The real grind happens after 1 to 30. You get to your main dungeons that you'll probably run through again and again. But at least at that point, you've been sufficiently hooked. Because okay. I guess I guess it's pacing. I think the grind can never be forgotten. Yeah, of because course. Because it's still an MMO. Mm -hmm. But I just don't like the games that will immediately push you to a grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, some games handle that very poorly. I mean, for example, World of Warcraft. They yeah. already have the grind that is the levels. But once you get to the dungeons, there is suddenly the grind of gear. Right. I mean, just condensing the grind of the levels to 30 and then condensing the grind of the gear. I mean, is there a... There is. A, there is the a grind, grind of the gear. gear will happen in full swing. Mm. But that's after you've been hooked from zero to 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is even the dungeons back then had a very very cohesive story to the main plot of the mm. MMO I think though there was at some point in time around the time I quit the game that the story started kind of getting slow kind of thin yeah. Yeah, yeah and because it got to a major point Okay. A major development point. I was like, oh my god, I can't wait to see what happens next. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly there was like, oh, but this happened. Ah, this. yeah, so it yeah, got, yeah. it got weird, but I am not going to take anything away from the game. The game was genius. And another thing is that, you know how a lot of MMOs are click and number one? Two, yeah, three, yeah, exactly. The combat system here is almost Devil May Cry-ish. Really? So it's... Character action. Left click, left click, left click. Um, combine that with like... You know how, how does Devil May Cry work? It's like XXX triangle. XX mm -hmm. triangle, XXX. So kind of like um, some of the newer MMOs that are coming out, like Black Desert or Blade and Soul. Almost like that. Yeah. yeah. Almost like that. So very character actiony. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And for me, during that time, that was a, like a breakthrough. Okay. Um. Very curious. What was the model? It was free to play. Free to play. Free to play. Okay. Um. But limit. Like for example, you would get free to play, but to get certain powers or to get certain content. You then you'd have to ah, it was a very nice mix of you know what enjoy the game and you get like the full phase one story there you're good would you ever get that feeling of premium pressure though you would but 
just to get to know the next part of the story. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So obviously you love this game. Yeah, yeah I do. Like <laughs> with a passion. With we've a been passion. talking about it for quite a while. Okay. Right. But you know, since I mentioned at the very start of the show that we just met each other, and already I'm hitting it off with you, really yeah, great. Yeah, like yeah, man. we're having a blast talking about all of these things, all of these things about Ungeek, all of the things you love, Pokemon Go, Overwatch, and now DC Online. But um, we have been talking for a while, and I really want to talk even more. But sadly, yeah. <laughs> sadly, podcasts do have a time limit. Like, <laughs> sure. I can't release a four-episode podcast, even <laughs> though I think that we can keep going for four hours. Just to wrap up, yeah. are there any more things you want to talk about? Maybe get off your chest before we start wrapping up. I guess um, it's what I said a while ago. I am excited to see what the next part of what Philippine geekery, the next level of that. Yeah, I mean, we're like, at the point where we have globally recognized esports tournaments are happening here. Exactly. Manila majors. The Manila happen. majors. Yeah. We had ESL one, which is like a huge thing as well. And now, yeah, we had you mentioned a while ago. We have Ubisoft now here. Twitch. So Twitch is here. Uh-huh. We're starting to get a feel of streamers, mm-hmm. local mm-hmm. streamers and YouTubers here, and I'm. Curious to see that grow. I wish that people could make that, could allow that to grow more. I mean, like just like you mentioned earlier, five years ago, I would have never imagined it being like this. Right. I mean, five years ago, I wouldn't have imagined that I would start a podcast about video games. Right. This is just me doing something I love for the sake of doing it, exactly. and I just love that everyone is also doing things for the love of it. You know? Yeah. Just seeing content creators, just seeing people writing articles, making videos, producing content about the things they love to me that's amazing because that was such a foreign idea to us before that was such a foreign idea to like just to be specific our country our country wasn't a very like we were very social media but we were never content producers and now I think we've been experiencing a paradigm shift that no one's been noticing because it's been happening so slowly yeah and now that you say like think five years ago if you compare now and five years ago it's so different very and very different that slow paradigm shift that has been happening is just hitting us in the face suddenly. Right. Like, if you haven't been paying attention, magulat ka na lang. Right. Parang ganun eh. But and when you like, look back, like, holy shit, what it was, just happened? It's so different. I mean, it's it's been slowly happening, but it's happening, and everyone out there is just, like, getting more and more connected. Right. So, I guess for me, I would just love to see... I would just love to see <laughs> my chair suddenly started falling down for no reason. Anyways, anyways. Sorry about yeah, yeah. that. Alright. Um, I'm just really wondering about how much more this could grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside, yeah, once again, it's not on a selfish, I mean, yes, on a selfish perspective, it's like, hooray, more geek traffic for ungeek, uh-huh, uh-huh. But more than that, it's seeing gaming become mainstream. Like, I would freak to see a billboard about a game here. Like, for example, if there is like a... Wait a minute. Didn't we have one for Uncharted? Oh, sorry. Yeah, we did. Here. Right, right, right. here on Edsa. So, yeah. See? It, that it, was It's huge. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but what if we had more? Like, we had like every big game release. Mm-hmm. We would have like various billboard, like everything on traditional media. We'd have like newspaper articles about who knows if we could actually go full on Korea mode and have like Nike sponsored esports teams here. <laughs> I mean, right? These I mean, are... Also, think about it. How Overwatch has been doing it now? Like the giant action figures, the spray painted murals. Imagine BGC. BGC is a big community for all those artists that paint on the walls. Right, right. Imagine a giant Overwatch mural. Exactly. Right? That would look amazing and it would make use of local art. Yeah. 
That would actually make me so happy because I'd finally see like, um, what do you call this? What if you see like the normal people just like admiring that art where it's like, oh my God, they know what Overwatch is. Yeah. It, like yeah. your normal everyday people stopping and say, oh my God, that's Reaper. Holy shit, you know Reaper. Or what about, that's so cool. And the end, I want to know. Exactly. Yeah. That would be amazing. So not only would it be like a heartwarming experience for those who love the medium, but it would also be an eye-opening experience for those that have no idea. Yeah. And to the business end, mm -hmm. because as, as I said, um, I guess it's a marketer part of me that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. kicks in to the business end of it. Mm -hmm. That would just bring more developers here. Mm -hmm. That would bring more publishers here. That that thing that I was saying that, oh, why can't anyone work in Square? Mm, in the yeah, yeah. Who knows, right? Like, even if you say in the business sense or stuff like that, I think at the end of the day, people need to realize that it's a good thing. Yeah. Business yeah, is yeah. a good thing for the country. Business exactly. is a good thing for the people looking for jobs about the things they love. Because if you're at a job you love, so much it, better, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it wouldn't be work for you. Yeah. That's why, imagine, for all those people who are enjoying video gaming right now, Okay, I, I know that there are a lot of people who are excited about Pokemon Go because like, oh my god, Pokemon Go. I can't wait for the release here. But think about it this way. What if suddenly the Pokemon company came up with a branch here? That would be great. I would See, love that. And that can only happen if we have like geekery as a whole level up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If people start being more open about it, if a lot more people who aren't geeks start getting converted to it. Exactly. Then, oh my God, right? The possibilities of the stuff that we could be enjoying here. Who knows the next E3 could be. <laughs> E3 has always been my dream. Hey, I mean, come on, yeah. man. We held the thriller in Manila. Why yeah. not E3? Why not E3? <laughs> Why not? I mean, or at least a rendition of it. Exactly. We've already had APCC happen. And it's happening here again I next month. God, seriously? Yeah. No, 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 no. This is crushing me right now because last year, <laughs> last year, like when I started the podcast last year, I missed APCC because I was out of the country. I'm going to be out of the country next month. <laughs> Fuck this. Fuck this so hard. I'm going to miss it again? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. It's going to happen at around, I think, 27 to 20, not, 20. Sorry, 26 to 28. I leave on the 20. Uh, 26? <laughs> On ABCC Day itself. Jesus, I oh god. Oh. oh well, tell me about it, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll cover it for you. We'll we'll send you the articles. You know, this is very refreshing to me because usually when we talk about the Filipino context, when we talk about the Philippines here in the show, usually the show tends to take a dreary, depressing turn. Right. Usually we think about we think about the bad things. We right. think about the slow internet. We think about the crappy infrastructure. We think about the traffic. We think about all the bad things associated with trying to live out our geek hobbies, our geek life, life here, and all of the roadblocks. Right. But you have brought a very refreshing, optimistic take <laughs> on the industry. And thank you for that because yeah. I really like that mood of like just looking forward into the horizon for something great. And honestly, two to five years ago, I would have been on the, the same cynics. side. Yeah. Oh, okay. But now you see all these developments and you can't help but wonder that it's, it's happening. It is. I, I mean, the mere fact that a geek blog like Ungeek can grow and hopefully thrive mm -hmm. is already indicative of how much local traffic we're getting of people who love geekery and we're just excited to see that grow <laughs> okay that sounds super great and man like I said we were closing the show but I, I think we just ended up talking for another fucking 10 minutes <laughs> oh man I, I, I'm just having such a good time but like I usually end the show with mm. um, like maybe advice for anyone listening out there and you coming from Ungeek being the managing editor of Ungeek for people listening out there who want to get their voice out there, who want to maybe start something to the same effect 
of just getting their geekery out there, what okay. would you say to them? What would you recommend? I would... Okay, this is something inspirational that I can sort of quote the owner, Carlo Opleon. Okay. He gave the, he gave the, the owner uh, the owner of an geek and unbox. Okay, Carlo okay, Opleon. okay. Um, he gave this talk, uh, I forgot where, but recently. And he said that um, right now in a culture of consuming, people should start also learning to create. Yeah. Like, if you love video gaming so much, if you love anything geekery so much, then why not create something about it? Why not create? put something out yeah. there? I'm happy to meet people like you. Who <laughs> Thank meet, you. Yeah, like who create their podcasts. But, you know, for these people who enjoy this, why not make articles? Why not take pictures? Why not do these things? And I know not everyone's built for that, but if you have any inclination to, why not? What's stopping you? That sounds great. And I mean, I think we've just gotten so used to being consumers that we for we've forgotten the feeling of creation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because consuming comes with a certain type of pleasure to it. There's yeah, a certain exactly. type of elation when you're a consumer, when you buy something, when you consume a product. There's a certain type of happiness that comes with it. But the happiness that you can experience by creating something yourself and putting it out there in the world is something very unique as well. Yeah. And seriously, talking from someone who tried to create things, mm -hmm. don't get bogged down by low traffic. It'll never happen overnight. <laughs> of course. It'll never happen like, oh my God, I decided to create something today. Oh, where are my million views? <laughs> But the thing is, that milestone in itself, that you put something out, do not underestimate that. Exactly. Because if you get into a certain rhythm, find a good group of people, mm -hmm. connect with like-minded individuals, you'll get somewhere. Exactly. It's gonna get somewhere as long as you keep working at it, as long as you keep trying to make it better, it'll get there. As long as it's coming from a point of passion. Oh man, your optimistic <laughs> view on life and geekery in general is very infectious. And I hope that reaches out to our listeners today. <laughs> I hope so. Thank you so much for being Thank on the you, show. Thank you, man. Thank you. you. Do you want to plug anything? How do we reach out to Ungeek? How oh. do we reach out to you? Well, for those of you who want to check out the articles that we've had, for every coverage that we have for anything and everything geek, just head to our website, ungeek.ph. Ungeek.ph, okay. Yep. Um, and then from there, uh, also we're on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash ungeekph. Okay. And yeah, we have tons of content there from articles regarding all the latest happenings in Geek and YouTube stuff as well, YouTube uh, and Twitch stuff. How about you, Rob? Um, like as a person, as an individual, is there any way to reach out to you? Yeah, my my Facebook is actually public. Facebook? Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, my Facebook's public, but... <laughs> Um, Maybe a Twitter, man. Maybe yeah. not a Facebook. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, Twitter also. But uh, no, nah, there's there ways to filter stuff. Okay, That's okay, fine. okay. But Twitter, I'm on Twitter at... Uh, what is my Twitter? Rob Yatko. Rob Yatko. Yeah, at okay. Rob Yatko. Um, you, you guys can add me there. Mm -hmm. You can follow me there. Um, and actually, we reply to our blog posts. So oh, okay. if ever you guys want to comment on something, even on our Facebook, on facebook.com slash ungeekph, mm -hmm. if you comment there, we'll more or less answer you back. That sounds great. And thanks for having us. I mean, it's been a while for me. And like, it's become somewhat of a tradition on the show for me to invade random places. <laughs> like, I invade homes. I invade all sorts of places. So thank you for inviting us over here and like welcoming us so much with like, pizza and <laughs> yeah man glad to have you over and i enjoyed having a coffee with you and like just talking about Thank all you. the stuff we love it was fantastic coffee <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think that's it i would love to have you on the show again sometime definitely mm -hmm. in if you invite me let me know man. <laughs> that sounds great okay let's wrap it up okay thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of a meal in the morning at night and if you're like me thank you for starting your day with us this fine evening and to the rest of you people out there, a good night.
It's a wrap. Let's go. Yeah, We're good. We're Woo! good. We're good. Awesome. Awesome. How long did that run for? It ran for... Oh, it was another <laughs> And that was another episode of a meal in the morning at night. Let's get the usual stuff out of the way before I wrap up and close the show out, yeah? Follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash a meal in the morning at night for announcements on when the next episode is coming out. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at at Emil Tang on Twitter. That's at E-M-I-L-E-T-A-N-G. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can send it over to emilinthemorning at gmail.com. Rob expressed how much he loved Undertale during this episode, and I love me some good Undertale music. So winding down the episode for us today will be OA and Level 99 with Golden Flowers from OC Remix. Once again, thank you to everyone for joining us for another episode of A Meal in the Morning at Night. And if you're like me, thank you for starting your day with us this fine evening. And to the rest of you people out there, a good night.